Welcome to Make Your Life Magnificent with coaches Jackie and Amy, co-founders of The Resting Mind. We're keeping it real with Generation X women talking about the stuff that keeps you up at night. From managing the demands of your career, life, and everything in between, all while dealing with Gen X issues like finances, aging parents, perimenopause, oh, and menopause, oh boy, confidence, and anxiety. Age isn't just a number when it comes to your career or looking for a job. Ageism is real. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about what steps you can take to overcome ageism. I can't believe we're talking about ageism, Mimi, when I am 48. And I'm almost 51. And it is real at 48. It's real. Oh my God, yeah. I feel like I was a recipient of ageism. And I had to really think about what I wanted to say there, you know, as I was starting to blurt this out. But in my organization, I was at my company for almost 20 years. It was a wonderful place to work for an incredibly long time. Great company culture. I loved it. I really grew up there. I had great opportunity. And then things started to change. And yes, there was a big restructuring. But when I was let go and I looked at everyone on that list, I want to say 75% of us were over 40. 40 is the new 50. So in beauty... 50 is the new 40. In business, 40 is the new 50. Without a doubt. We are, we are turning that upside down. There are a lot of research statistics that we're going to share with you about ageism, but we felt compelled to talk about this because our clients are feeling it. They're coming to us all the time and, help, and asking for help on how to deal with ageism. And I have it comes to up you, a lot. There are a lot of things we are, we are going to talk about and do, but ageism is an epidemic and a problem that we can't solve, unfortunately. No, we can't. It's real. So we're going to give you tips and techniques to work around it, but we're not going to deny that it exists because it does. So to us, when I think about ageism, it's really the last bias that's out there and that's really allowed. And that's the the unfortunate part. But I also believe that now is the time right now, today, it is August 2020, that we need to start making a stink about ageism because all of these big corporations and smaller organizations are revamping their DNI initiatives. No longer is it just lip service. No longer is it oh, yeah, maybe we'll plan to make sure we have this many minorities on our payroll. Which is a great thing. These things, this should have been done 50 years ago. You know, I'm so happy that we are at this point in time where we are really looking at diversity critically because it needs to be done. Along with that, though, we really need to be looking about the age piece of it as well. It's something that needs to be brought to the forefront as well. And as a matter of fact, Ageism will make the gender gap, the wage gap, even wider. I agree. You had to think about that for a second. I didn't really have to think about it for a second, but I didn't know what I, if I was supposed to agree or if I could just let it sit. Yeah. So I was debating on if I should say I agree. I, I think that the thing that is interesting to me now is DNI is no longer lip service. So there have been DNI initiatives mm-hmm. for a long time, and it has been a numbers game, but a numbers game in the wrong way. So having enough diverse people in the organization is very different than having 
initiatives that are about diversity as a core value to organizations. And that is the key to finding a place or a, or an organization that fits for you. Right. And that's where the, I think I the changes I almost feel like coming. saying it's like having, it's the difference between having diversity as a core value because you know it's the right thing versus having diversity in place to cover your ass. Yes. that that is the That is the exact point. I thought about this when I was thinking about this episode that could you, ima- I, I am a woman, so diversity X right there. I am over 45, diversity X, but I am white. I cannot imagine for any of our listeners who are black, Hispanic, Indian, Asian, what this might be for them. Oh, it's because it's be hard enough so for us. Yeah. And it is 10 times worse if you are a woman of color and all of a sudden you're 55. That's right. You are you are null and void. And the problem also is that just having numbers on your books doesn't matter for any diversity or inclusion efforts. It's about giving them and helping them, them meaning anyone in the organization that doesn't look like you, opportunities to grow, opportunities for leadership positions, and then having people in leadership positions that look like them. Nobody wants to be part of an organization where they look up and nobody looks or acts or has the same cultural background as they do. Mm. It's very discouraging. And that happens even in ageism. Maybe there's one or two people, but with ageism, it's the same thing. Ever work into, walk into a tech company, by 36, the, the research shows that there is a decline in the promotions that you get after 36 in startups. So that almost means uh, millennials, I, off the top of my head, what's the break there? I mean, millennials. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see how old is Mark Zuckerberg, I wonder. I don't know. You know, but it's, he's probably well, like. What did he do really smart? He actually did something really smart. When he knew that, when, he, when Facebook was growing, what did he do? He brought an adult on board. So what's happening is a lot of these unicorn companies, the average age is 31 of those founders. And then they surround themselves with, with people, people that have their, experience. No, they usually surround themselves with people who are of their own age. Oh. As opposed to looking to say, I'm going to bring in people with greater experience. But you're saying Zuckerberg did. Zuckerberg did. He brought yeah. in Cheryl. Okay. Which was a great, which was a, a great way to actually recognize and put into place an operations officer who understood what dynamics meant. Yeah, yes. exactly. You know, there's something really to be said. Well, we're going to talk about so much of it, but there's just so much to be said about the experience of people. I know when you know this mass exit has happened at my company, there was so much. Um, there was a lot of longevity at that company, so people were there for a long time. And when people left, the experience of the organization, things that had been tried and didn't work, or that was gone with them. It was so short-sighted for new people to come in and do a mass exodus of long-term employees because they really lost so much wisdom that was, was in someone's brain. And so the other thing to, the thing to think, think about there is, was that a an idea that they did because they wanted to cut costs, knowing that the longer you've been there, the harder it is or the more expensive you are? Frankly, I don't think so because I think they hired people that were probably demanding bigger salaries than the people that were there for so long 
Because let's face it, you're just really getting little bumps here and there after a while. So then maybe they did it to try to become a youthful organization, I think which that's is what they, another thing yeah, that people are Yeah, I think that that's what they wanted to do. Which is, listen, I get it and you need to switch gears. I'm not bitter at all. I, maybe I sound like I am. I'm not. I'm just saying that I think it was short-sighted that I there could have been more. They, they, they lost a lot of value and wisdom by letting a lot of people go that had just great experience and knowledge of the company. So we're talking a little bit, we're talking a lot here about diversity and ageism and the importance of having a diverse team. One of the things I want to want to touch on also is the idea that it's not just about diversity and bringing diverse people on board from an age perspective, right? Diversity all along, but we're talking about ageism. It's also about inclusion. So how many times, ladies, have you gone and worked at an organization that was really young and found yourself not included, found yourself on the outskirts because the, the because they're not letting you in and they meaning anyone that's, you know, that's grouping together and clicking together and you're feeling like an out, an outcast. And so these efforts need to be understood. And this has to be not only a core value of the organization, but it has to be a top led discussion and a top led form formulation for what, what could look like, what an organization could look like. So your boss, the executives, they should be asking, what is it like being someone of that's 50 that's in the organization? How are you finding it? Are you being included? You need to ask those tough questions. I have a client that works for a big tech company, and they have a group, a minority group that meets on a bi-monthly basis, or I should say fort-monthly basis every other month, that's about how do we make you feel more included. And it's a beautiful thing. And then they take those, those ideas is- and they bring them back. And this is a high-level executive who hosts this. This is not just an HR person. This is not just someone in the middle. What a commitment. Is, that, it's a I commitment. think that really demonstrates that it is truly a core value. It's a core of, of an organization. Again, when you when you make something like this a core value, you're tapping into resources, perspectives, experience that you wouldn't get. I mean, you're getting such a variety and breadth mm-hmm. of just perspective, empathy. Think of that, how amazing that could be for an organization and how that could trickle down into the product you're selling. I mean, every business is ultimately selling something, right? So doesn't that make sense to have all points of view? It does make sense, but a lot of organizations like yes people. A lot of companies want people who think like them so that they can just plug along. And that's their prerogative, but it's not going to give them the best results. Coke shouldn't hire the executive from Pepsi to grow. Right. Coke should hire the executive from Tesla to grow. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Right? Like just different perspectives. Different perspectives. All right. So... You know, we're talking a lot about the business world, but I want to share that ageism does stretch way beyond the business world. I had a client who's a nurse and she struggled with getting a job when she wanted to go back into the hospital environment because she had been out of it for a long time. Not even a long time. She'd been out of it for six years working in private practice, did a bunch of interviews, finally was hired. And you would think that the end of the 
the ageism would stop there. But what she found was that the inclusion part was was interesting. People would ask her, do you need help with technology? You know, a lot has changed. Or can I help you lift or move the patient? Can you handle it? She was 51 and used to run triathlons. Oh, I mean, she probably seriously. Yeah. But this was the, and they allowed this kind of, you know, this this kind of bias to happen, this kind of perspective and and way of treating people, and it's not okay. And we yeah. need to be vocal about it. We need to be vocal about it. We also need to be able to feel as though we can say what we want to say without there being re, uh, repercussions. So right. we're going to talk about that in a little bit too. So uh, one, a couple of things I want to point out just from a uh, little research that we did was that not surprising, you know, it's worse than women for women. According to a survey n- done by Know Your Value, 70% of women believe age discrimination is a serious problem compared to 54, 54% for men. So, uh, you know, men are facing this as well, but not surprisingly, this is definitely a, a bigger issue for women. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, women 55 plus are the fastest growing age and gender workforce category. So this is something that really can't be avoided. And you really want to tap into the talent of these women as well. Well, it can be avoided. They they can keep, keep doing what they do. I mean, organizations can keep doing what they do. They're going to miss out, yeah. But they can keep doing what they do, and that's and there's no there's no way to prove all of this. And this is where, no matter how much kicking and screaming we do, it has to be something that's important to organizations. Another thing is this: organizations, companies with twenty or less people, they are immune from this. Legal protection doesn't cover employees of smaller companies. I can I can see that. I don't I don't think it protect, I don't think a lot of those apply for that reason. I wonder if there a lot of the smaller companies have an older demographic. I just wonder because they just need few they have few people and they need people that have more experience. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, that's I don't know either. But okay. <laughs> Want to also touch on ageism isn't just about becoming 40 and being obsolete. I think as a woman, the problem is ageism continues throughout your entire career and what your age is and where you are in your life hurts you the entire way. What do I mean by that? Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you mean by that? Well, you're in your 20s and you might be like valued and then you get to 30 and you're in the baby years and then you get to 35 and you already had kids and now oh. you're in the mom years. Yeah. And then you get older and you're obsolete. And I think ageism for women is so much more difficult because there is a stigma attached to women as they go and grow yes. and as they age, no matter what age they are. So we here, because we are a podcast mostly for Gen X women, we're talking about ageism on the end of the spectrum. But ageism for women goes throughout their entire career. And I know women who struggle with getting a job because they are newly married and people are assuming they're going to have kids or that they have young kids. And those comments come up even in the hiring process about... Do you want to know something? And I don't know if I ever told you this. I'm not going to name names. But I had interviewed at Ad Age at one point. I think it was Ad Age. I did interview at Ad Age. Maybe this didn't happen at Ad Age, though. I was interviewing for a job. And it wasn't with me. It was not with Jackie. It was not with Jackie. And the person interviewing 
said something about, well, you're going to have kids soon. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, she sh- I can't believe she just said that. I need to know who this is off the record. I'll tell you when we're done here. <laughs> Wow. Because I think you know this person. I Sure I do. I was there for 11 yeah. years. That is, un- I'm not surprised. And I'm not but I'm the not kind okay of person to like jump down. I was like, you know, I was taken off guard because I was like, oh, you just stepped in it. Yeah. But I let it go. Wow. And I don't have kids I, and I never wanted them. You know, so it was this, which is ironic. You know, I, here I am, someone that I didn't want children. But. That's awful. You know. It's awful. So. You know, those are the types of things that we have to deal with in our, this, these are the types of things we have to deal with in our lives, at the workforce, and we can't change it. What we can do is try to become and be the best person that we can when we are working, when we are interviewing. So we want to share some tips and insights about interviewing as a woman of age, over 40, dot, 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 ha, ha, ha. And we also want to talk about how to handle things in the organization that you're in and how to get more opportunities because that's another side of this as well. I have to just interject something. The French, you know, older women are very revered in in France. And there's um, a phrase, which I'm not even going to attempt to say in, in French because I'll just mess that up. But it's basically like a woman of a certain age. And, you know, they're very dignified and... Yes, can you see how dignified we are? <laughs> Speak for yourself, sister. I'm teasing. So, you know, what happens when you're in a work environment that values youth? So, we've, you know, you've gotten the job, you are excited to be there, but the opportunities for you are limited because they're not training you, they're not offering you growth opportunities. We want to give you and empower you to have that conversation with your boss, with your boss's boss, with HR, and not a complaint conversation. You're not going to get anywhere complaining. Unfortunately, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It just makes you be seen as someone who wants to be negative Nelly, and we, we can't afford any more labels. So instead, what we want to teach you is how to ask for what you want using basic I feel language and addressing things with, I feel as though I haven't had an opportunity to take the classes that Mary did, and I would like to have the opportunity to do that so I too can grow my abilities and capabilities in marketing automation, right? Being able to use that language to ask for what you want allows you to own it. Right, gives yeah. you some empowerment, empowerment and some control instead of just complaining and griping on the sidelines. Or, or right, or stewing, or stewing. Yeah, the, which which never helps. I mean, even just from an energetic perspective, that stewing energy <laughs> is a low level energy. Um, it is, and you know, yeah. a lot of people who are forty plus don't tend to get the same training as younger employees. The irony in this is, Generation X women and men tend to stay in their jobs longer. So by training us, we probably will stay longer as opposed to training the millennial and the turnover being greater and then having to do it again and again. So you talk about cost per dollar or cost per savings, and that's, that's a complete opposite of what you're thinking. So 
I think some of that is not thinking through the longevity part of what you're doing and, and kind of what you're moving forward with. And the other part is a lot of companies just want to be seen as young and vibrant. They want to, they think that the foosball table and the ping pong table is going to be what makes them feel youthful and anybody who's over 40 can, can be counterintuitive to that. But I can tell you, I can beat anybody in a game of ping pong. Mm, challenge thrown <laughs> down. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I might be able to beat you in an arm wrestle. I beat John in an arm wrestle once. You but probably that's not, can. No, maybe not. You you work. You lift weights all the time. I know. I but don't. You I do yoga. Yoga is a great strength training. Yeah, I can beat you in a split. You can totally beat me in a split, but I can beat you in a diving. Um, tum- a back uh, flip? Can- no. no, front flip, diving, cannonball. Off the diving board? No? Okay. <laughs> but we're, we're competing against each other at the same age group. Yeah, it doesn't so make sense. So that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so one thing we want to start with is you can certainly either stay in the game or even get back in the game. Some people, some women are at the stage where, you know, they maybe their career has sidelined for a while as they're raising a family or taking care of older parents, and now they're ready to really get back into the game with gusto. So... The first thing to do is start really assessing your skills and experience. Do not estimate any of it and how it can translate into value for a potential role at a company. Create stories around that illustrate how you're the perfect person for the role. Get really clear on how all of this experience can enhance the bottom line by generating revenue, saving costs, creating efficiencies, enhancing product development. Really be specific specific and quantify as much as you can. This is where our guide, our resource, and I'll link it in the show notes, the Brand of You Creative Brief can really come in handy because it will help you do an assessment of your skills and experience and turn them into a story that you can use while you are presenting yourself. Yeah, it's a, it's a, ta- a great tagline. Yeah. I, I have to give you an exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point on this idea of benefit, benefit, benefit. Too often, women and men go into job interviews and they talk about, I want to be challenged. I want to take a next role. What are the growth opportunities for me? I, I, I. And the company doesn't care. So em- emphasizing Mimi's points on benefit, benefit, benefit as you have these conversations. The other thing is, think of yourself as a business, right? So Do a yearly business assessment or business plan on yourself and take a look of where you, what things you have learned, where there might be a gap in skill, what you do need to learn. Make sure that you take the time to always be assessing. Don't do this if you're just looking for a job or you've been recently laid off. It's something that you should be doing on a regular basis. And if you're looking to find some new ways of kind of incorporating some new talents, there's an, there's an incredible resource called Skill, uh, Skull Crush, which, is, which has classes on all of these different digital opportunities. So if you find yourself lacking or you find yourself missing some of these skill sets, you can go off and do these classes for yourself. So continuously learn and and try to keep up with what's happening out there. You know, Mimi mentioned this whole idea of kind of owning and understanding your skills and, and making sure you address them. The other side of that is making sure you can communicate them. The one thing about women, especially 
that are our age, Gen X, the emotional intelligence that comes along with our experience is incredible. And you and teaching emotional intelligence is difficult and having emotional intelligence as a young worker is something that lacks often. So being able to talk about that and being able to bring that to the forefront when you're interviewing or when you're having conversations internally with organizations, critical. And don't shy away from this idea that you're uh, you're a Gen Xer. I'm not saying you walk into an interview and you're like, hey, I'm 55 and I'm owning it, right? Right. But address that elephant in the room by saying, I know I may have more experience than a lot of other candidates. That experience should be considered a plus. Here are the things that I can do to drive revenue for your, for right. your co- company Always organization. Always bringing it back to that quantifying. Right. Here's how I can bridge the gap between your baby boomer your baby boomer employees and your gen uh, as your and your millennial employees here's how i can mentor the next generation of talent within your organization really driving home the benefit by amplifying where your experience and age actually plays a positive role yeah you know also in these conversations whether you're interviewing or just even if you're someone that's been in an organization for a long period of time speak your enthusiasm for the role or the organization or the position. You know, you don't want to get stuck in that water cooler politics, I'll call it, you know, where people are kind of standing around the water cooler complaining about, oh, this is the way things are. And yeah, I'm getting older and that kind of stuff. And that's on you. That's on you to really step out of that. Work is work. So yes, you want to build genuine relationships with people. But make sure that you are building relationships that at the end of the day are really going to support you and uplift you. And that could mean especially making sure that you are building relationships with people throughout the organization or, without, or throughout the company. And they may be in different age groups. Maybe you're friendly with younger people you or older be. people. Have- you know, there's... Make sure that you really bridge that divide. I think the Gen X people are really gifted at that. I think we're used to that. Um, and I think that's where really our, one of our strengths, just as a demographic, happen to lie. But again, make sure that you're always talking about someone, you're positioning yourself as someone who loves to learn, continue to grow, someone who's dependable, all of those kinds of things that could be considered soft skills. They are really important. That's a great point. One of the things I, I was thinking about when you were saying this, Mimi, is, you know, a lot of times when I work with clients, when we work with clients, they'll get frustrated because they'll go through the interview process and not get hired and go through the interview process and not get hired, even though the interview went well. And a lot of times they think that it's some sort of age plays a part because they can see the difference when people see them and all of that stuff. What's so interesting to me is so many people don't do homework before actually going on the interview. That I don't understand. So, Like, treat it like a full-time job. Well, they do the homework to the company, right? Okay. So they understand, like, okay, I know this company backwards and forward. But they don't go through LinkedIn to figure out... Oh, the culture, the, the yeah. The culture and the age. So with you, we have a, a plethora of opportunity and information at our fingertips between Glassdoor and LinkedIn Fairy and Fairy Godboss. So we shouldn't be going into any interview that for a company that doesn't value experienced people. Yeah. If you look on LinkedIn and everyone is, un, is 30 or 35 and under, 
they're probably not going to value you. And they're probably, even if you get the job, may not include you. So really be clear on looking at the organization and understanding what they value as an organization, because a lot of times that's, it's very, it's actually very clear by who they have on their payroll. Right. You know, maybe it's the CEO uh, is, you know, 31 because he's the founder and everyone is in their 30s because that's where he's comfortable, which may mean that someone with experience and someone with a strong opinion may be a threat to him or her. And that's not going to fly. So don't even bother because you're going to be banging your head against the wall anyway. Yeah, that's a great point. Another thing, show that you're savvy. You need to be digitally as digitally savvy as possible. So this means making sure that your LinkedIn is updated regularly. Again, don't wait to be looking for a job to be doing these things. This is something that you need to be doing always, quarterly, definitely yearly. You want to make sure that you have a digital footprint. What does that mean? Well, Google yourself and see what comes up. See what comes up. Make sure that you know the right stuff comes up, that you do have a LinkedIn profile, that you are either sharing or writing some kind of content that is savvy and shows that you are on top of your industry. It's really important. Another thing that may sound silly or small, but make sure that your email is a Gmail account and not an AOL account, which can make you look dated. And I know that sounds silly. It might be irrelevant, but it's not. It's, it's totally not irrelevant. They, they, you need to be able to look and feel as fresh and young as you are and as your work is. So another, and this is something that I mentioned earlier, but make friends across generations. I've mentioned this in other episodes. I love the movie The Intern with Robert De Niro. De Niro Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what is her name? Anne Hathaway. Anne I Hathaway. I have it, but it I heard you talk about it so It is such a great often. movie. So... I, Jackie, I'm going to make you rent it, okay. download it, and, and watch it. It's just, it goes to show the power of really tapping into generations. And at the end of the movie, he learned something and she learned something, and they're very an unlikely duo in the workplace. And they really, collectively, they grow as people. I know it's a movie, but you could see how the the strength of understanding different generations and being open to different perspectives can really make a difference. So I really encourage everyone, become friendly with younger people, become friendly with older people, make sure that you're always engaging and interacting. I'll take that one step further and start, if you're in an organization that has a very broad uh, scope of written age ranges, start a mentor, a reverse mentoring program. So where you can mentor someone who's younger and then have someone who's younger mentor you. And this could be a great way to really have both of your careers rise, learn from each other, and learn how to speak each other's language. I had a, a client who was talking about how she struggles with Slack because it is... I don't Just, like Slack either. Well, People rave about it. I'm not crazy about it. And she really struggles because Slack is texting for organizations. And I keep explaining that, you know, you need to take out the intention or the emotion from the statement that is being written because they're writing like text, which means quick snippets, short, you know, to the point, much worse than email. You know, there's not, it's just like do this or did you look at this or why didn't you do this? And all of a sudden you're overplaying it in your mind. So learning to 
communicate in a style that is not just the way you communicate, but how do you how do you change so that you can come in the middle of how the other generations communicate as well? Because the boomers thought that if we weren't ultra formal, we were idiots. Yeah. Right. And we're, and then, so it's gone from ultra formal to very casual, extreme casual. And nobody's to say that who's right or wrong. The only thing that's right or wrong is how you interpret stuff. So don't, put intention into things and instead separate them out and recognize that this is how this generation communicates. Pick your battles. You don't need to change the way they communicate when they're, when they're talking internally. You, this makes, reminds me when I was working, people, I would say 10 years younger than me, they would start their emails to me and professionally I would go by Marisa, which is my, so it'd be like, Hey Marisa. And it used to drive me crazy that they would use the word, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, but I would always use, I always write hi, right. like hi, you know, and so maybe that annoys someone else. To me, the word hey was just so casual, but again, it was like, it wasn't meant to be that way. It was just a form of communication. It's a form of, it's the way it's that they like, communicate yeah. and they, and there's nothing to say that our way of communicating is no. correct. So and just may recognize that, that there is a, a wide range of what is acceptable in the work force and you don't have the answers right? no i gotta tell you something funny um my niece sophia is nine very very smart kid and not because my, she's my niece she's really bright and with this whole work stay at home my sister-in-law was they're doing homeschooling and she was writing something and sophia wrote the word you like you the letter and my sister-in-law was like that is not a word you know <laughs> which just goes to show how things are changing because I don't know that it will ever become, but maybe, who knows? Maybe someday that... BTW. Yeah. BTW, by the way. I mean, they talk in these They talk, and, 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 you know, will that eventually become the way, the correct written... I don't know. Who knows? I mean, things are changing. So just don't be so rigid in your own ideas and ideals and recognize that, that... being part of an organization and included in an organization means you too need to be inclusive. We talked about bridging the divide and making friends across generations. This is a huge mistake that I made when I was in my career. I rarely made connections outside of my department and outside of my company. It was a huge mistake. Now as an entrepreneur, I understand how important relationships are. Frankly, I was when I was working, I, I felt like I didn't have the time, excuse, and I'm, I could be shy. And I was just like, I, I just stayed away from it. made me feel uncomfortable. And I felt like I didn't have the time. I wished I had spent the time to build relationships, genuine relationships and friendships outside of even people in my department, because it makes such a tremendous difference when you are looking for a job. I'm going to give you an example. Now that I'm an entrepreneur, I have great networks. Well, I have a friend that um, recently left the old company that we were at. She was looking for a job. She applied someplace she was really excited about. And I wanted to help her as much as I could. She used to work for me. I knew she's a great candidate and would be perfect fit for this company. So I reached out to my network and I said, hey, do you happen to know anyone at this company? They did. They put her in contact with someone. Jackie happened to know someone at this company. P.S. She got the job. So, you know, again, the power of networks, it is just so important to build these relationships. Did it feel weird or funny reaching out to my friends or my network asking? Not at all, because if they need help, I'll help them. Yes. That's the way it works. And networking is, is hugely important too, because when you 
put a resume, if you're looking for a job, you put a resume through the ATS system, nine times out of 10, they ask for the year that you graduated. So even if you want it off of your resume and have it off of your resume, when you're putting information in, they ask for the year you graduated, which I think should be illegal. I think that they need to take that off. But if you don't put it in, you can't actually get past that step. So Again, why am I telling you this? Because networking is the way to get around that. So you can try, you can put it through the system, but then have someone that you know help you hand the resume off to the right person so that you can actually be seen in cre- for the credit that you bring and not the age you are. That's right. And I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but I feel like it's, and I could be wrong, but I feel like it's something like 70% of jobs it are is. found via networking. 70%. Yeah. And 70% and 72% of jobs are never filled through the job boards. Yeah. So that's really critical. It you is. may even be brought in for a job that's not or to interview for a job that isn't publicly announced. You know, I've seen that happen often as well. So it's important. Do not start building those networks by what Jackie and I always talk about, this human first approach, where you were just going out there being a good human. You're making it about how you can help, how you can add value. Think about our philosophy, which is all tides rise boats, right? Is that the... Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Um... You know, that's really the energy that you want to bring to it. And as a result, you're going to start to attract the right people into your tribe as well. It's really important. All right. Another thing, don't overlook your style. Agreed. You Agreed. Know, we ha- you have to look fresh and you have to look modern. And I'm not saying that you have to dress like a 20 or 30 year old. But what I'm saying is you need to, especially for women, you really need to look put together because we get judged harder than men do. Oh, and, and it's fact, easier yeah. for men. They wear a suit or they wear a button-down shirt and, and slacks, and they're totally fine. Where women tend to get stuck in their their style that they're comfortable mm-hmm. in, which may have been outdated, and shows that you're not as current, which can be seen as a bias. I, I read an article today about uh, in Fairy Godboss actually about how certain colors shouldn't be worn when you're interviewing, and orange is one of them, and how. Um, HR people think that you're screaming for attention and all of this stuff. And I was like, don't agree. And if I'm getting judged for what I wear that way, then I don't want to work for that company because I should be able to be myself and be confident in who I am. But as long as you're put together. So my, you know, so the point to that is you need to be put together, but you also need to bring your personal style so that your personality comes through. That's right. And if someone's not going to hire you because of that, it's not the organization you want to be in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and quite frankly, je- freaking jeans and a t-shirt with a cool necklace is what people are doing to interview nowadays. So make sure that you're also not going on a call with a with a tech company in a pantsuit or a blazer. Right. Right. You have to be able to. And if you don't know how people are dressing, glass door. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. You know, I've talked about this before, but I revamped my look in my early 40s where I really reinstituted my love of bright lipstick and I cut my hair into my short bob again and all of that kind of stuff. And it was a lot of fun. And people knew me for that. I would always wear, a, I have a collection of Hermes scarves that John has bought me over the years. And I would always wear like a bright scarf and the lipstick. And it made me stand out. People knew who I was. That also even expanded. And I've talked about this before. as like the flowers on my desk. So I was at my job for a long, long time. I had no interest in leaving and going someplace else because I had a side hustle and I knew I wanted to become an entrepreneur. 
However, that process took a long time. So I was constantly learning new skills, bringing them back to my corporate job, which kept me relevant. And at the same time, I really refreshed my style and it just helped keep things fresh and people knew who I was. You know, I talk about the flowers on my desk every week and then people started to come around my office to see what was there. It was just really fun. And I, I truly believe it's a way to stand out in people's minds as well. So don't underestimate the power of style. Find out what works for you. You don't have to wear a bright lip like I do or bright colors like Jackie does. Figure out what your style is and then go for it. I know someone who wore black all the time. She was incredibly chic. That was her thing. Yes. So, you know. Well, we were in publishing. That was everyone's thing. Yes, it was. It was, you know, publishing in New York City meant black on black on black. Okay. So now while we have said that ageism is real... I also don't want to give you license to really buy into it. Do you know what I'm saying, Jackie? Share, share with me what you mean by that. Well, it's a real problem, as we said. You know, we talked about the statistics and how sometimes it can be difficult. But it doesn't give you an excuse to say, well, I am never going to get another job because I'm 50 plus or 40 plus or this, that, and the other thing. All right? You know, when you allow your brain to go into that frame of mind you are just you're starting to tell yourself stories and then you start to believe them and your brain starts to try to prove them so you'll self-sabotage or everything that they say in an interview will be they they're, they're referencing my age i know they're referencing my age you'll see it through that lens so you want to open up your lens of how you go into everything you want to open up your energy but you also want to open up your lens and not have it from the perspective of i'm 50 50 plus you want to have it from the perspective of i am a valued employee that's going to bring tremendous benefit to this organization and I'm going to crush it. Yeah. I want to just quickly talk a little bit about um, a coaching moment that I had with one of our clients. So assumptions are, you know, you're assume we all know what an assumption is, right? Uh, you're assuming that something is the truth. And I had, so as coaches, we are trained to help people kind of get really clear on what things are assumptions and what are really the truth. And one of my clients recently, we uncovered that she was assuming that a company wouldn't hire her or even call her in for an interview because she was a certain age. It wasn't the truth. So once we kind of uncovered that, it was an assumption, something that she was thinking, we were able to move past that. It's really powerful. It is really powerful. So make sure you separate all of those stories out from the facts and everything that you do. And so this was a a long episode. This was an important episode. We wish that we had some more power to help fight ageism beyond just this podcast. But we all know it's real. And we all, what we want to do, Mimi and I, is give you some thought starters for how to approach ageism, for how to think differently about your positioning in the marketplace, and to give you room to be more confident so that you can get your next job or get your next promotion or just thrive where you are. Yeah. One last thing before we wrap up, and I forgot to mention this earlier, is Ageism is, like I said, something that comes up. It's something that we'll be covering in our upcoming 
Career Crossroads Mastermind Experience, which is a six-week program for 10 ladies. It'll be kicking off in October. I will put the link to the so you can sign up for the waitlist in the show notes. Wonderful. You'll, you'll love this, ladies. It's going to be incredible. All right. All right, ladies. Until next week, cheers, cheers to your to magnificence. Your If you like this episode, leave us a review. It'll help more Gen X ladies find us so they can make their life magnificent.